It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. 40 years ago today, we were all going to die. And the assault on the Electoral College continues. We want you to tell us how this could potentially play out if the roles were reversed. But first, give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Hour number two, bottom line, News Radio 610, K&A underway. Rob Francis, Ed Dawson hanging with you, 547-1610. Before we go any further, go Zags. They are playing right now in the Sweet 16. Uh, Go Zags. Yeah. Now let's hope they uh, hope move on to the Elite Eight. Five four seven one six ten. if you want to get involved. We want to share an email we got from Steve listening in Kennewick. So why do we care what the WTO rules? If inside, if, if, if inside says pound sand, we aren't changing the tax break, what can the WTO do about it? Actually, the WTO can do something about it. That's the thing, Steve. The WTO's ruling today comes down and says that that tax break provides an unfair competitive advantage internationally. Yeah, it's called the World Trade Organization, and that's why it was Airbus that yes. went to the WTO and said, hey, you might want to look at what my competitor, Boeing, is getting in Washington State there. Now, that's not fair. So they investigated, and their ruling was such. Right, because Boeing could go out and make bids based on the amount of money that they have benefited from in these tax breaks since 2013 and come in under every other aerospace manufacturer if they choose to based on the amount of money that they're saving on that break. Now, Boeing and Airbus have been drawing lines in the sand with each other for a decade and a half. And there have been rulings that have gone on either side, where Airbus was hit not too long ago. Uh, The EU was hit with with a few things, saying Airbus was getting some unfair advantages. And the WTO's job in the course of this has been trying to level the playing field internationally in the aerospace industry. Um, I'm not sure what ruling Maria Cantwell looked at, but she put out a press release saying that the ruling today that the WTO came down on the EU, it's like, uh, they didn't come down on Airbus. <laughs> they came down on Boeing. Not sure what you were looking at, but the WTO can say that that tax break has to go away. And if Washington State doesn't comply, the WTO is within their ability to penalize Boeing directly. That's why we care what the WTO rules. That's why Washington State is going to be forced to do something about the tax break or else Boeing and in turn Washington State is going to get pounded by the WTO until it changes. And we know how far of a reach Boeing has in Washington State that it has the potential to cripple everything that Boeing does. So the WTO does have standing to turn around and say, this can't fly anymore. If Washington State chooses to ignore it, then that's the risk that they run. But the United States today washed their hands of it and said, it's not us. It's not federally. It's the in-state break they got that's the problem. So it's on them. You're up at the bottom line. News Radio 610 k with your name. Where are you calling from? 
Yeah, this is Butch from Kennewick. Hey, I thought I'd just uh, add a little clarification. The, uh, you, on the, in the last hour, you stated that the 787 was not built in Everett and that it was in, Nor- in North Carolina. South Carolina. Or South Carolina. There is a final assembly line in Everett. Okay. It's not it, – South Carolina has – a final assembly, but they also make a lot of the parts there. Yes. But that, that airplane is a composite, and it is built in sections, and then the sections are, are shipped either to South Carolina or to Everett, and then they're assembled at that point. Because from what – thanks for the call, but from what we understand, they changed the ratio – in order to be able to give the Everett plant the ability to build the 737 Maxes unhindered, that the focus in, in Everett was going to be on the 737 Max and that the Dreamliner uh, would be mainly taken care of in South Carolina. Now, it is, Which is true, but just yeah. the, he's saying the final assembly right. it is, is still back in. Well, it's, in it's between both. Right, it's between both, but right. the, but I don't know how many of those are actually coming out of Everett after they decided to clear Everett to be the the only place to make the seven thirty seven. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're they final assembly for both, but how many are coming out of one versus how many are coming out of the other? That answer we don't necessarily have at this point. Five four seven one six ten. If you want to get involved in the program, so I want to switch gears real quick because we've come a long way in a certain spot in forty years. Forty years ago today, believe me, I remember this very well mm-hmm. because even though I was about six hours away from it, we all thought we were done. We we thought we were in for it, and that was the meltdown of Reactor Two. The Three Mile Island. That's right. Forty years ago today, that happened. It, it was the. It's the still, arguably the biggest black mark on the nuclear industry in the United States. In the United States, in yes. the United States, Chernobyl probably so in the world. But yeah, that was eighty five. Yeah, and but, actually, the, the, from depending on what the reports you read, there are things that they're saying that Chernobyl. There is actually life in Chernobyl, and there's, and it's not mutated. Um, the, 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 the ground and the land in Chernobyl is actually beginning to turn around at a faster rate than what was expected. But regardless of that, without the second, the, 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 the reactor number two at three mile Island is still inactive to this day. Uh, it is still shut down. It's basically shut. It's not never going to get booted back up, but from 1979 to now, the leaps and bounds that we have seen, not just in the impact of nuclear energy in the United States, but how safe nuclear energy has become in the United States really is amazing. Well, I think there were quite a few lessons learned at Three Mile Island and and in Chernobyl, too. But that, you know, that those in the nuclear industry turned those tragedies into better safety protocols. Even 20 years ago, if you would have brought up putting up more nuclear plants in the United States, people would have started screaming and running for cover. Today, some of those same people that were against nuclear energy 20 years ago are coming around to seeing nuclear energy as a, as a viable, let's we say green, 
source of continuous energy. Well, a lot of people say green, not everywhere. not glowing green. No, no. And, <laughs> now and, there are those that still want to ignore nuclear in favor of the subsidies, the the, the donations right. they get from wind and solar. That's right. But if you look at it without getting a campaign donation. Um, you know, nuclear. I, I, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. Let me see what what just happened recently this winter. Uh, didn't the didn't the western side of the state basically start taking energy from Columbia generating Columbia mm-hmm. Generation Station? Yep. Well, nuclear was so bad and so horrible. Uh, why would they be taking power from Columbia Generating Station? Who knows? Well, I'm just saying. No, I, I'm with you. You know, the, no, so, I, it, 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 they obviously, they, a lot of people, a lot of those on the left disregard nuclear and hydroelectric, you know, for for the reasons that we talk ad nauseum on the show about. But it, it was just, it was an aside to this, to this whole, you know, Three Mile Island discussion and where we've come. But for some, it's still not good enough to be considered a a clean energy source, even though it is. No, absolutely. And in fact, the the same the same style of reactor that was built in Three Mile Island, because um, I I still remember the the front page of the newspaper. I still remember the hysterics growing up, you know, outside of Philadelphia about you know, what was going to happen and the ramifications and everything else. Those same style reactors were built at another facility just 40 minutes away from Philadelphia at a place called Limerick. Mm-hmm. And Limerick is run without an issue, without a problem, same reactors, same everything. And people that were freaking out in Philadelphia about Three Mile Island really didn't even pay attention to the fact that they had one a heck of a lot closer that if the second reactor at Limerick would have melted down, probably would have done a heck of a lot more damage. Going to take a time out here on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA brought to you in part by Perfection Tire for Tri-Cities locations to serve you. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509 547 1610. You can email us too. Just go to the website, 610KONA.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. Ed Dawson, Rob Francis, and you on a Thursday afternoon. It's the 40th anniversary of Three Mile Island mm-hmm. melting down. It's also opening day in baseball. The Gonzaga Bulldogs in action against Florida State. Yep. So much stuff going on. You got the you got the WTO swatting down Inslee's Boeing uh, tax uh, break and. Boy, all kinds of fun stuff to talk about today. Well, unfortunately, the Mariners are already down one nothing in the top of the first. Well, there you go. But they are playing Boston, the defending world champions. Yeah. But uh, they're the last game of the day and, for opening day. But you love this. You love this day. You love. Oh, absolutely. I love you, opening day. I mean, I wish we had a camera in the. I love opening day. Wow, I'm wearing my Mike Schmidt throwback. You are. Wearing my Mike Schmidt throwback jersey from. Uh, the, the, the 1980 season, the old powder blue Phillies jersey. That's right. Um, but, yeah, I love opening day. I've loved opening day since I was a kid. Um, uh, you know, it was me and my dad would sit in front of the TV, and then as I got older and started going to games, me and my me and my best friend would uh, and a couple other guys would drive down 
to Vet Stadium when back in the day when and I'm sure people that would go to the Kingdom for Mariners games remember the five dollar tickets. Oh yeah, they, because it was a football stadium. There right. were so many seats. They'd sell a ton of them for five bucks. So we'd go down. We get the five dollar seats, and you know work our way down as low as we could get in the stadium without the ushers checking our tickets That's to right. see where we were supposed to be. That's right. Um, but yeah, opening day. I've I've always always look forward to opening day for Major League Baseball. And, you know, today, my Phils pick up a win 10-4 to over the Braves, so I'm pretty happy about that. But, you know, they're expected to uh, expected to be in the thick of it with the $310 million man, Bryce Harper. So, um, I, find it, I find it interesting about you – know, one of the things about baseball is – there, it's such a long season. That's another story altogether. Yes, but but there are, but it, it, because it's so long, they're like mileposts along the way. There's opening day. Everybody, yep. it's a brand new season. You know, everybody has a chance to win, even though that's not true. Uh, you know, there's that there's that feeling. You know, anticipation, the newness of it all. And after today, nobody really. Unless you're a diehard baseball fan, most people don't really check in until, oh, the All-Star break. Yeah, the casual fan checks in at the All-Star break. If you're a diehard baseball fan, after opening day, it's it's the first 62. That's the first mile post because then you look at where your team's at with 100 games to go. Then you get to the, the All-Star break. Then you're looking at August. But Major League Baseball made a significant change this year, a, a, a major, major change that is really going to have implications when it comes to playoff contenders because they did away with the with the August waiver deadline. Okay. That doesn't exist anymore. See, before Major League Baseball would have a trade deadline of July 31st. Okay. That was your straight up trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Then in the month of August, you could put players on waivers. Okay. And if a player cleared waivers, then another team could put in for that player, or you could pull that player back off of waivers and make a trade with the team that put in a bid or, or you know, for that player. It was kind of a way to get around. It was another way for contenders to give them a couple extra weeks to see what holes they needed to fill. Um, there were some complaints about the system that that teams would try to dump salary, teams would try to collude to prevent certain teams from being able to get a player and so on and so forth. So Major League Baseball, this is the first year that that July 31st is it. There will not be any other movement of players uh, between teams after July 31st. And after we go to the phones, I'll explain why that's a huge deal. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? Hey, that's Steve. Hey, uh... Yep. Well, this is a great week for local sports also, man. The Silver Tips are in town. They got beat last night by the Americans. And the new indoor football league opens Saturday at the Toyota Center called the Tri-Cities Fire. You guys know about that, right? Yep, and you got the uh, semi-pro football team that's playing Saturday night as well, the Tri-City Rage. The outdoor team. The outdoor team that's playing on Saturday night, too. So, yeah, we do got a lot of local stuff going on. And, and um, what's funny is also there's that added kind of – thing here in the tri-cities that we've been you know it's only been like a we've only been like outdoors again for like a week (laughs) after all the snow melted so it's that whole spring fever 
is still upon us. Yeah. You know, and so we, you know, that that could be playing a, a role of in it also that, hey, you know, now we're really turning the corner and now that baseball season's here and that the hockey playoffs yeah. are here and that we, all the other signs of spring. Now, hopefully the Americans carry it over tonight. And, uh, that was an exciting one up. in overtime last night. Yeah. Parker Ocoin got it. That's right. Hopefully they carry it over and uh, send it back to Everett Tide. But if here's here are some of the significant things in baseball that would not have happened if the July 31st was put in place a few some years back John Smoltz probably would not have become a Hall of Famer hmm. John Smoltz was part of the biggest one of the biggest August waiver deals in baseball history where he was sent from the Detroit Tigers to the Atlanta Braves yeah for Doyle Alexander now the, the Tigers won the World Series that year yeah. by getting Alexander but John Smoltz going to the Braves gave him an opportunity to get into that rotation earlier. And if that didn't happen, would John Smoltz have been a Hall of Famer? Justin Verlander would not have gotten a World Series ring. He was just part of an August deadline deal two years ago to go to the Astros. But let, I need to ask a question. And, and all due respect to you and all the other baseball fans out there, I used to be a baseball fan. Uh-huh. When I was younger, I, I I was really into baseball. I would I would sit and listen to then Dave Niehaus and Rick Riz call the Mariners games, and you know I you know I'd even do my own little scorebook, and you know I I got into it. Uh, you know it was it was fun, and you know I played baseball when I was younger, but as I got older. It just it, it wasn't for me. It, you know, it wasn't the right speed for me. And, and, you know, and, you know? And, but but I feel like, and again, maybe I'm wrong, but I, it sure seems like it. Looking at the ratings for different you know sporting events and everything, that I I I ask this question out loud: Is baseball still America's pastime? It, it's America's pastime. In because the, of in the, the history that's involved the, with it, the, the nostalgia is it the not num- the most popular sport? No, it's sport. not. It's not the most popular sport, but it's but it's America's pastime based on the nostalgia, the importance that it's had in the fabric of America. Um, you know, the NFL didn't really start reaching popularity until the 1980s, and it was around for 50 years at that point. Yeah, Major League Baseball became America's pastime because it was something anybody could do at any point in time. You could go out into a in, into a sandlot with you know with a couple of bats, a ball, and a glove, and play. You could do it on the street. Baseball was something that anybody could do at any point, and that's why it became known as America's pastime. It was the it was just you know it was created in New York. It just just all of those things that went with it. But one other guy I want to mention real quick about that August deal. You remember Jose Batista, the guy that was bombing him in Toronto, Toronto for years. Sure, yeah. May never have been a major leaguer because he was he was part he was the minor league player sent to the Blue Jays in a deal. And he wound up cracking the Blue Jays lineup, but he wasn't looking at cracking the lineup where he was for who knows how long. Batista may never become a major leaguer without the April deadline or the August deadline, but you know, hmm. it's what it is. But to me, the most the, the the matchup between the pitcher and the hitter is the best mano a mano competition in all of professional sports. The hardest thing to do is to hit a round ball with a round bat, and the 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 the, the science, the psyche, and everything that goes in to that pitcher batter matchup to me is what makes baseball 
awesome. More of the bottom line, News Radio 610 KOA when we come back. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610KONA.com. Back to the bottom line, presented by McCary Meats in Basin City on News Radio 610-KONA. Brought to you in part by Ben Franklin Transit, connecting our communities. You can visit them at BFT.org. Rob Francis said Dawson hanging with you Thursday afternoon. You know, the the political arena is extremely volatile, and it has been for some time now. True. Every party, every candidate, no matter where you happen to live, is always looking for or trying to gain an advantage over the competition. Sometimes the things that are done raise eyebrows and ask the question, is this in the spirit of what the political arena is supposed to be? We're going to hop on a Boeing 787 and go to Savannah, Georgia where the organizers of a community meeting held a private gathering to discuss their upcoming mayoral race. Okay. They did not permit any audio or video. They also didn't admit anyone that was not black. That's right. From the from the from the media, yes, white reporters were not allowed at a mayoral race event in Georgia. In fact, the uh, the the taped up signs outside or on the uh, the main doors said no audio or video recording, no media, TV, radio, etc. Black press only. Now. Here's, we all know that the goal of any party or any group is to find the best candidate to support. However, people within a group usually do have differing opinions on who that candidate is. More often, that's why you have a primary process. You whittle those individuals down. Okay. Here's what the sign read about the community meeting. It's about supporting one candidate from the African American community for mayor. We can't win supporting two candidates. Statements from announced African American candidates for mayor would be discussed, as would the vote to support one candidate. Now, Black Lives Matter was a part of this community meeting. The reason why they were having this meeting is for the first time in 20 years, the mayor of Savannah, Georgia, is white. Mm -hmm. And there are three African-Americans that have thrown their name in the hat to run for mayor in the coming election. 
Now, does that, does the idea behind this sound like, begins with a C. It's got two L's in it. Does that sound like collusion to you? A little bit? A little bit. I mean, I mean, you're, you're getting a bunch of people together to tell them who to vote for, to figure out which of the three individuals that believes they're the best person for the, for the job of mayor that are going to run against the incumbent. They all three of them think that they have a that, that, that they're the best choice, but you're going to turn around and tell all these people at this meeting which one they're going to vote for, and tell the other two you need to drop out of the race because we're only going to support one, and this is the one we're going to support, so you two can't run. Well, here's here's the thing: without people voting, right? Without people voting, okay. A couple of things: one, this took place in a church, and we know that churches have been places where uh, politics creep in and sometimes are put on full display. Uh, You know, there have been a number of church leaders who have used the pulpit Mm -hmm. to highly suggest that the congregation vote for an initiative against a candidate, something along those lines. Though I think it is fair to mention that there are some that do not want that mixture sure. In, involved. Sure, but but the, the point is that this is not this is not a a this isn't blazing any trails on that front. You know, the fact that this meeting was held in a church uh, you know, with with the with the city's African American community to get behind a single candidate, um, I'm not saying it's right. It, it it does look very shady. You know where I'm going with this, right? Black <laughs> press only? Are you kidding me with this? It's um... white reporters were turned away, and they they allowed. Um, a couple of reporters who were African American, uh, two report two two African American reporters, and a publisher of a local African American uh, based newspaper were allowed inside. Here's why they're doing the, this. the freedom of the press thing is is where I'm going with well, it. Well, well, there's also there's there's, there's a lot a of few things. other things. There's, there there's too. a lot of things, but, but but here's the other thing. Okay, the way that the mayor is elected in Savannah, okay, the mayor is supposed to be a nonpartisan office. Yes. All the candidates who qualify wind up on the ballot. So what this meeting is is aimed to do is to basically tell two of the three African-Americans that believe they're qualified for the job, regardless of whether you're qualified or not, you can't run because we need all the black people to vote for one black person, mm-hmm. not split it between three, so we can get the white guy out. That's yeah. the first thing. Well, look, that the second can, you part can, of hold this. Hold on, now let me let me. Parent, oh come on! Parent, what? I you was going to know don't, what I'm going to say. Don't, don't don't tell me that not that's defend, not a part of this. No, no, you're absolutely right. All I'm and I'm not defending it. 
I'm, I'm making a parenthetical statement. You could make the argument that that's what happened in the Democratic Party the last presidential election. They told Bernie Sanders to move aside so they could all coalesce behind the candidate they wanted, Hillary Clinton. Certainly. But it wasn't nearly as overt as this. <laughs> no. No, this is pretty overt. Well, but the, here's the other part of this. Imagine if in the town of Savannah you had a church that put up a sign that said, white media only. Yeah. And then on their community meeting notice said, we want to support one white candidate for mayor. This would be all over CNN. This would be MSNBC's lead story. Yeah. I they mean, would, that day would be called racist. Absolutely. The racist town of Savannah, Georgia, yeah. is setting relations back 40 years because they're having a meeting that says, no black people allowed. Don't <laughs> I mean, use that voice. Just please don't. This, this, is, this is insane. But, this but, is absolutely. And people turn around and say, well, it's okay because it's, it's, it's their community. Okay. Well, everybody's got their community. That's where I was going next. This has zero to do with, because like you said, it's a nonpartisan position. Yes. It has zero to do with D's and R's. They're upset because a white guy got elected mayor. So we as African-Americans need to get behind our African-American uh, you know, candidate and take our city back. Wow. You're absolutely right. What if the what if this was done in the opposite terms? The the, the pitchforks and torches would be out. 547-1610, 509-547-1610 here on the bottom line. Now, to be fair, one of the candidates, one of the African-American candidates, a gentleman by the name of Van Johnson, put out a statement regarding that meeting. And he said, I accepted the invitation as an opportunity to share my vision for a progressive Savannah, as I have with business, civic, labor, neighborhood, veteran, political, Latino, Hispanic, and LGBTQ groups in private and public settings. I didn't coordinate or schedule the event and didn't participate in the discussions beyond giving my statement. I was made aware that the organizers restricted this event to black media only. I chose to give my statement as scheduled and afterwards made myself available to the media gathered outside. I expressed my concerns to the organizers of this event as my history of service in this community has always been one of inclusion, partnership, and of communication. So, very interesting. You're up at the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. Your name, where are you calling from? My name's Scott, calling from Kenwick, and one of y'all just nailed it on the head. You know, you, if you reverse things, right, throw in whatever race you want. It has to sound right. It has to sound proper. And if you can't do that, then you, whatever it is you're doing, it's like Congressional Black Congress. Well, you, what if you had, or uh, um, what's the acronym? I forget. Anyway, caucus. If you had the Congressional White Caucus, everybody going up in arms. So... You know, you just got to be able to plug in one or the other, and it's going to sound right no matter what gender, what race, what ethnicity, whatever. And uh, when you hit it right on the head, so I appreciate that. Thanks for the call, Scott. And I will applaud Van Johnson, one of the candidates, for saying Savannah's got to be open for everybody. Yeah. It's got to be open for everyone. And all you're doing with stuff like this. And he's African-American. Yes, he is. He's African-American. He's all he's saying is you're dividing this community even further. And you're basically trying to tell me, if you don't like me, you're going to tell me not to run. And I'm going to tell you I'm running. 
Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Well, this is John Henry, and you know I've been listening to this garbage. And you think about what Martin Luther King did for the nation. You think about what Rosa Parks did for the nation. They're both rolling over in their graves right now. And uh, it's just not the way it should be because uh, we, you know, over the last, uh, what, 12 years because of our president that we had prior, it sent us right back to 1968 for the riots. I mean, and that's not right because we had figured out how to get along and how to uh, to work together. And all that stuff has been thrown out the window now due to the fact that somebody in their own mind thinks that uh, they should have more privilege than anybody else. And that's wrong. Sorry. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. You know... I, I, to me, still the most galling part of this is turning around and telling two of the African American candidates, "We're going to decide which two of you aren't going to run for mayor." Yeah, we're going to decide. It's just, it's stunning, stunning. More of the bottom line next. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by McCary Meats in Basin City on News Radio 610 KONA. Brought to you by the Kitchen Creators at Bunch Finnegan, making your dream kitchen come true. They're located at 9 East Columbia Drive in Kennewick. Uh, you know, I, I have to go. I have to go back. We we have to go backwards. Do we, we? Have to go backwards? Yeah. Okay. All right. Because just breaking, two members of the state house of representatives, Norma Smith and Drew McEwen, GOP. Yes, have drafted a letter to Governor Inslee regarding his remarks on the Daily Show. Hmm. Oh, where he he called the uh, the Boeing thing a mugging. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we are deeply concerned about your recent appearance on a national television show in support of your presidential ambitions, where you equated an employer's desire to grow and create jobs in our state to an act of violence. On The Daily Show, you recently said, if you've ever been mugged, you understand what it feels like. These corporations put a gun to your ribs and say you're going to lose 20,000 jobs unless you get them a tax break. You also described the employer's action as akin to committing another crime, blackmail. Your recent statements stand in stark contrast from what you said on November 10th, 2013. This is a great day for everyone in Washington. Winning the 777X will secure tens of thousands of jobs and yields huge economic benefits for generations to come, and it will bolster our state's legacy as the aerospace capital of the world. You use similar language to describe the bipartisan legislation and its benefits to our region at the bill signing ceremony you hosted the following day. As you know, we worked closely with you on this important issue. Your inconsistent words are troubling to us and like likely many Washingtonians. With this in mind, we respectfully request that you answer in person or in writing the following questions. One. Did you feel you were being blackmailed when you called for a special session, personally pushed for these tax incentives, and hosted a bill signing ceremony taking credit for the legislation? If so, why did you not share your beliefs with state lawmakers or the public at the time? 
Two, if you did not harbor the feelings at the time, when exactly did you arrive at the conclusion you were being blackmailed? Three, why did you choose to reveal these feelings publicly on a national television show? And four, finally, it is unclear to us and Washingtonians where exactly you stand on these tax incentives today. Could you clearly explain your position? Are you advocating for their repeal? We look forward to your answers to these questions and invite you to come to our caucus to share them. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine Inslee shows up at their caucus to to answer those questions? No, that would that would, I, mean, that would never, ever, ever. That would that would mean that he would finally not have something in common with the French military. Oh my gosh! Um, but on another note, yeah. um, Senator Mark Schessler. Uh, representative of the Ninth District mm-hmm. put out a statement regarding the the WTO ruling as well. Yes, uh, where he mentioned the previous ruling that the WTO had against Airbus, where they found when they found out, and I remember that ruling because it was a huge amount of subsidies they were receiving from mm-hmm. the EU, which the EU was forced to deal with. Yep, and it's interesting that Senator Schessler goes on in his statement to say. That, quote, if we just drop the manufacturing business and occupation rate for all manufacturers to the aerospace rate, we could address the WTO's concern and create a terrific jobs environment for all manufacturers in the state. Mm-hmm. We proposed this very solution previously, with the leg- which the legislature passed with bipartisan support. Unfortunately, it was vetoed by Governor Jay Inslee. And in fact, yep. if, if you remember, Ed... The amount of discontent in his own party when he yes. vetoed that, they had passed that, I think it was like 76 to 14 or something it, it like had, that. It had quite a bit it, of bipartisan It, it was support. huge, mm-hmm. but, but what everyone thought they were going to take a vote to override the veto... They never did, even with all the Democrats that supported yeah. that bipartisan agreement on dropping that B&O manufacturing tax. They still did not call a special session or call for a vote to override that veto. No, because they were hurt and upset, but they weren't going to they, shove it back in their Democratic governor's face. Because they didn't want to deal even with Even though he any, undid all yes, their hard work and absolutely. left them out on a lurch. That's... You know, that's politics for you. And I think now there are a number of Democrats. They may not admit it publicly, but I think there are a number of Democrats in Olympia that realize that Jay Inslee has no problem throwing them under a bus anytime in any way, shape, or form to further his own political ambitions. And if his statements about this Boeing tax break haven't clued them in, that he's willing to throw them under a bus. I don't know what's left to prove. So there really, sh- but but there's but there's talking about the governor behind his back, which I'm sure there is grumbling. Oh, there's and been there's tons a, of it. And then there's another one that doesn't want to make him look bad. Well, uh, in you know, out in public because he is running for president. He's already done enough in the last month to make himself look bad sure. on a national scale. No doubt. No doubt. That's all for the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Don't go anywhere, though. We've got all your news, weather, and traffic on the afternoon report. Stay with us.